On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Mario Lemieux phoned in and said, yeah. don't take that deal. Hi, aren't you that guy everybody hates? No, oh, man, no. This is Tall Can Audio. <laughs> Follow along on Twitter at Tall Can Audio or at Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Just do it! Hello, everybody. Welcome inside another all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. Matt Robinson with you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Rob is in the satellite studio out in the boons of Canada. What are you saying today, man? I got a lot of power in my game, Matt, but a lot of swing and miss. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Uh, As we sit here, it is 4-2 Blue Jays over Minnesota. This has been a crucial weekend. We're going to get into that, Um, but you'll probably also see some reactions throughout the show as uh, as that closes out. I believe it's in the seventh inning. Uh, yep. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio, facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Hope you'll subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Uh, we got beers to check on here. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, Ottawa Senators hockey. The Leafs have had their first preseason game. Uh, apparently, Major League Baseball coming to Montreal on this crazy-ass plan they've been talking about for a while. we got a ton to get to. Uh, before we do any of that, Want to give a little bit of a shout out to my buddy, longtime friend, and uh, friend of the show as well, David Foote, who uh, at Footy on the Air on uh, on Twitter, and I, I wonder if that handle is going to change. He released today or put out uh, announced today that uh, he's leaving CJBQ, leaving Quinny Broadcasting to work for the Belleville Senators. He will be the new coordinator of media and community relations, um, and they will still allow him in that role to do radio broadcasts for the team because he is he is the voice of your Belleville Senators. Uh, but huge shout out to that guy. He's worked hard for this. I've known that guy since uh, since our Belleville days. Um, obviously, he's still living his Belleville days, but uh, he's living it up in a big way. Um, but man, you, you hear him on the radio in Ottawa every now and then giving the reports on how the team's going. It wasn't uncommon in Belleville to hear him filling in doing uh, daytime talk, and he's decided... Uh, much like our buddy Hoff, actually, jumped from the media side to right into the into the team. So big shout out to that guy. Good for him. And he's the play-by-play, I mean, the color guy to Jack Miller, I believe, with the Belleville well, He was filling in a bit for Jack Miller uh, as play-by-play, actually. Jack tends to do, well, Jack's been back and forth, too. So, uh, But Footy does a little bit of everything, man. Footy is one of those guys I remember clear as day. Uh, and I've probably talked about it on the show before. You know, we both went to school there uh, and, and took you know, different media programs there at Loyalist down in Belleville. But he was one of those longtime vets, much like myself, that every Tuesday night, Krabby Joe's, wing night, 
29-cent chicken wings. And uh, Tuesday night was a night that the Leafs almost always played. But Belleville was like right on that line between, you know, you're sort of in Toronto territory, you're sort of in Ottawa territory. And the very first night of, of real regular season hockey back was Leafs and Senators. Um, and I've never seen a, you know, small town, whatever you want to call Belleville, right? Like medium sized town, whatever sports bar, this packed, this energized. There was people standing in there cause they couldn't get tables all to watch Leafs and Sens. And most of it was, was college students. And I remember footy being there and that was the night of the first ever NHL shootout. Sens beat the Leafs. That's the night of the infamous Jason Allison, it's uh, still happening right now, Matt. Yeah, he's still skating in to get that shot. And you'll you'll probably remember better night. I believe it was Alfie who got the winner in the shootout. Daniel Alfredson scored the first goal. Oh, okay. Which be, which I'm not sure if it was the winner, but it was the first ever shootout. Well, it must have been goal. the winner because, like you said, maybe Allison was our first, and we just never got to shoot again. Like that was the yeah. end of it. Like, Forget <laughs> it. Call it. <laughs> so, uh, but every Tuesday night, that 29 cent chicken wing night turned out to sort of be. The media school would all turn out uh, at Krabby Joe's, and uh, often as much, uh, often as not, the Leafs were playing, and uh, Footy was always around there. The guys worked hard, man. And I, I said to him though, when the the B sends replaced the Belleville Bulls, I said, y- "You're gonna have to work hard, man." We like he's a Leafs guy, or at least he was. And I said, "You're gonna, it's, there's gonna be a pull, man. You're gonna get sucked into that Senators universe." He goes, "No, no, I'm strong." And now he's working for the team, man. I. I I don't know about that, but uh, he's, a, he's a deep insider, man. That's all. That's all it is. <laughs> so, uh, big shout out to that guy. He's uh, he's worked very hard for the opportunity. Friend of mine, friend of the show, um, and uh, now that he's in charge of media relations, we're going to expect a little bit of a uh, little bit of special treatment. A little bit of love coming our way for sure. What are you saying today, man? How's the weekend been? What's happening on in your neck of the woods? You know what? I'm struggling, Matt. I'm I'm suffering. It's. Uh, I'm uh, hmm. I'm I'm going through a little withdrawal. Okay. A little peaky blinders withdrawal. I've gone through the the entire five seasons. So you've blown through it. And uh, man, I am I am Jones in for a for that sixth season to come out. It was they said they were going to start recording in January, but yeah, I've loved it. I loved it. I actually I I false started the first time I I started watching it. Right a year ago or so. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? I can't understand these guys. I, I have heard it, that, 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 that despite it being English, people are like, can we get some fucking subtitles on this shit? Yeah. It's a pretty yeah. thick accent. So, and it's working class yeah. and, and you're blending in some Northern English and some Scottish and some Irish. And it's just, um, but the soundtrack is dynamite. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's got a really sort of an eclectic, I actually, from the public library, took out the double CD of the Peaky Blinders. Do you uh, still have a means to play a CD? Oh, only in the car. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> only in the car. And the car is a 2018. It's not a... Oh, wow. Um, but I could go and get it on Spotify. Or yeah. I could. Uh, but I'm telling you, for anybody who's not familiar, you want to check out a tune by the Idols, I-D-L-E-S, mm-hmm. called... Never fight a man with a perm. <laughs> Check that shit out. It's 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 both disturbing and super intriguing, and the lyrics are dynamite. But anyways, 
Peaky Blinders, I'm uh, I'm saddened. I'm looking for something else to start watching. That's a Bobby well, Mack favorite. He trumpets that all the time on his social media, on his old podcast. He mentioned it, I think, when he was on here, that that was what he was... Uh, he rides hard with that show. And, and you've okay. arrived at that point that we all do at some point. I remember when I first got into 24, um, they were maybe three seasons in at the time. And I was over at my buddy's place, and they were all glued. Like, I just sort of walked in, and they're all like, shut up, shut up, like, glued to this fucking show and it's normally a party house i watched like the second half of it and that's pretty cool what is it my buddy shane he doesn't even look up from the television he reached over grabbed season one on dvd slapped it against my chest and just said go home and watch that (laughs) and so by the time i got caught up they're maybe into like season four or whatever but now it sucks right like you can't just that was maybe the first experience i'd ever had with binge watching a show it's midnight and you're like Ah, one more, right? Like one more. You can't turn it off. It's you, only one hour. Right. And you've watched 24. Like the first couple seasons did a great job of somehow every single episode ended on a great cliffhanger. And, uh, but once I caught up to everybody else at like season four, I'm like, this sucks. Like, I don't want to wait a week for another one. Like, can we get past this? Just hand me the DVDs again, man. And it's, it's a rough. Yeah, see, I didn't love it. I took I took the first two seasons from you. Yeah, four. Meh. Meh. I, I I never watched three and four. Okay. I just got to the end of two, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> Same right. shit, season after season. I'm just pitching. you can't say that after two seasons. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I'm willing to give you the first the first season Mulligan, like everything, even Entourage. It was terrific. Don't yeah, compare I, I, Entourage to. Entourage is far superior. Oh, settle, settle down. All right, all right. And and you know, I loved Entourage, but they're not even close on. Yeah, no, you're right. Quality of writing far better. Oh my god. (laughs) Anyways, this is gonna be our next poll. Yeah, I was appalled by the low turnout on votes on the 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 poll of the. So we did it for those of you, and shame on you if you didn't weigh in. Last week, I was having... I didn't, I didn't weigh in. Yeah. I weighed in on air, but... He was fucking tagged in it, too. Uh, although, you would have went against me, but... So, last week, I'm drinking the pecan pie, and that is what we will officially be going <laughs> with on this podcast now. The pecan pie porter. Uh, I forget the brewery at this point. But... Double uh, trouble. Rob threw down the over-the-top douchey pecan porter. <laughs> and uh, so, I did. I got a couple of messages through the website... On the Monday and Tuesday, just, you know, it was sort of a three to two, very close, like, yeah, no, it's pecan, or no, it's pecan, or whatever. So we created a Twitter poll, and most of you fuckers just completely didn't weigh in at all, and shame on you. Uh, but those few of you who did, sided with me, so God love you. Yeah, by like a 60-40 split. Yes. Were you surprised it was that high um, in, in my favor? Uh, maybe a little bit. You seemed to be. Yeah, well, and you know what the thing is? It, it, it was too late at the time, but I, I'm a pecan guy. I'm not really a pecan guy. Okay, all right. But you'd already but, married yourself to it. I'd already, I'd already <laughs> put it out there, and so it, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, forget it, man. We're, we're out here swinging now, so. What are we drinking this time, since neither of us are into a man, pecan, I was, pecan? I was, I was waiting for my monthly shipment of beers to show up yeah i got a got a couple of treats in there that i'm looking forward to so i'm back to brew revolution so uh what i'm drinking today is their 
OPP. Arm me with harmony, Matt. Arm me with harmony. You down with OPP? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> so this is their orange <laughs> orange pico pale ale. Wow, all right. And so I cracked that bad boy. And again, it's in a bottle. So um I am getting a pile of orange pico through this. Right. Um not super carbonated, which I'm good with. You know, I don't need it, but I am surprised by the uh, by the not so subtle tea flavor in it. It's got kind of a beer knee meets iced tea flavor kind of thing going for it. So not at all bad. I'm I'm enjoying it. What do you got over there? Uh, this is an old favorite. Nothing uh, nothing that most of you craft beer people won't have already tried a hundred times before. This is the Waterloo Dark. Um, mm. Always, uh, always one that I enjoy quite a bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was sort of tucked away in here and, uh, so decided to, we'll take a run with that today. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think there's a huge need to break it down. It's, it's, it's one of those ones where, you know, it's, it's called Waterloo dark and it's reasonably dark. We'll put the picture up on our Twitter and Instagram at tall can audio, but it doesn't have that kind of overpowering, which I'm usually fine with actually that, but that dark kind of overpowering brown or stouty kind of taste to it. It's just kind of a nice sort of. You know, maybe a light brown flavor. I don't really know how I'd uh, describe it to you, but I don't really have to. I think anyone who's into craft beer at all has at some point tried something from Waterloo. Yeah, and they've been around. That's an old standard for a bunch of people, I'm sure. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, why don't we start here, man? Just because I think there's a lot of people that have been on a little bit of an emotional roller coaster, maybe with you, and you'll take us through the process, man. But when we sat here a week ago today... I asked you about Brady Kachuk, the fact that he was not signed yet, and were you worried? And I think your answer was was measured, was reasonable. I said, not really. A lot of the time, you need a deadline, right? People work well under deadlines. Well, one's come and gone, and he's not signed. And what you said last Sunday was if we were sitting here at the same time a week from now, and he wasn't signed, then you might be worried. Are you worried? Uh, yeah, I would say there's a pinch of, of worry working its way in. <laughs> uh, only only for the future. Only for the distant future, really, right? You have this, um, it's it's likely the longer it goes, it's going to be a bridge, really, is, is, where I, is where I go with this. Mm-hmm. Um. Which, which I kind of expected all along, but when, when I started to hear a bunch of stuff about both sides want a long term, right. that it comes down to, you know, the money can't be that big a deal. It's really got to be structure, structure, right? Whether it's um, bonus money, whether it's no move clause, the, these sorts of things, right? And 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 the senators, like the Blues, sort of have have sold themselves into this. We don't we don't do signing bonuses we don't do any of that the longer it goes and a bridge that takes him a, a year away from restricted free agency right i'm unrestricted sorry gives me a bit of the um i don't have a lot of faith in uh, in in pd pierre dorian mm-hmm. um i i feel like you get you get a year out from from unrestricted gives me concern with this with this management team that that they're just not going to get it done 
right? And so I, I do, I, I'd, I'd feel comfortable if we were sitting here today, Matt, haggling over you pay too much right. for, for a long term. I'd rather that than... Well, they than, should, I think. Like, make a statement here, right? Like, you'd rather come in a million too high or whatever, 500 too... Because they're nowhere near the cap right now. And I, I do know that the plan is that in a year or two or three, you're going to have more guys coming up that you're going to have to pay. You got to make this happen, right? You got to, those guys aren't going to stay either if you don't get this done. Yeah. Yeah. Because what you are looking at in the future is, is you're looking at Stutzla, you're looking at Norris. Hopefully you're looking at Pinto being a, a bit of an impact guy in the future and the Sanderson zoob. and Sanderson <laughs> down the, down the road. Right. Yes. Um, so you are looking at a tone setting. I, I, you know, we like the Shabbat. We like the Batherson deals. Yep. But, but Brady is sort of that bridge to to that next that next piece, that next step, right? And and if you don't bring him back, yeah, I just got concerns. I got concerns that you're now pissing off the player as opposed to what was a really yes. it seemed it, it seemed a bit like you had things going here he wants to be here you want him to be here you both want long term you know ballparkish where the money is I, I i think a lot of us who aren't in the know or in the loop feel like the team is the team is kind of fucking this up right now yeah i think part of that is obviously and it's well earned but a lack of trust in management, right? Oh, sure. <laughs> Whether they've actually fucked this up or not, we don't yet know. But yeah, I think you're very right that it's it's they probably have a pretty good handle on what the AAV is, how many dollars per year it's going to cost. It's the signing bonus thing, right? It's the oh, we don't do that. Well, you're gonna like uh, if you want to keep me, if you want to get this done, and and yeah, you you don't want to sour that relationship, and obviously. My read was completely wrong as well. I sat here and said, I'm sure there's a bridge in their back pocket. And if we get to camp and they're not done, they'll just slap that down on the table and fine. Everything I've heard this week says that's not the case. Like Friedman says, that's not the case. Chris Johnston said, that's not the case. Uh, even here in town, Sean Simpson's what going. Guys, what do those guys know? Yeah, exactly. Sean Simpson saying that's not the case. They want long term, both sides. And so. Obviously, the short-term thing hasn't been worked out yet either. And so even if we agree that it's whatever, 8 times 8.5, if he wants 6 million of that every Canada day um, up front and Melnick's saying no, well, that's a problem, right? Because that's just sort of how these deals work now. And the Blues, who you referenced say. Quite, uh, quite rightfully, they can stand on their thing, whatever. They just won. The, Doug Armstrong has a reputation. He has a... Uh, a resume and he has a Stanley cup ring. And so he can kind of stand there and go, that's not what we do here. And if you want to be here, you'll do it our way or, or you won't be here. And and we've seen Tarasenko kind of challenge him and it's not exactly the same, but he didn't take a shitty trade just to move that guy. He goes, no, you'll report to camp. You'll play well. And if maybe you'll interest somebody and we'll trade you then. And uh, the senators don't have that same reputation right now, both, from across the league and from across their own fan base where people can go, yeah, I trust my guy to go negotiate hard. You go, I absolutely don't trust my guy. Just give him whatever he wants. Right? Like, yeah. And, and and the thing with Doug Armstrong is, yeah, they won. Yep. And then they watched their captain. legacy player and captain walk out the door because they wouldn't give him 
a signing bonus. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Armstrong won, but I think he lost that. Now, whether you want to debate whether there's seven or eight years left of of Petrangelo, I don't know. We can talk about that, but you are hemorrhaging legacy, team legacy players. I just think he gets... Yeah, yeah, no, of a I, doubt more than Pierre. Hey, Jordan. man, yeah. not only you think that <laughs> today, Doug, Arm, Doug Armstrong signed a five-year extension. Yeah. So not just you think that. <laughs> Clearly, management and ownership's in, good with it. Yeah. In, in St. Louis, so it, it is. It is. I, I agree with you one hundred percent. What what ratchets up the pressure cooker on this for the fans and and the media is is the track record. Yeah. Is is the. And again, I, I think Dorian in, in the last three years or two years anyways, has made strides mm-hmm. in talking less, Yep. right? Don't say shit that people grab onto and say, that's dumb. Things like the rebuild is over. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up. I don't know if you're ready to move off Brady, but did you see Dom Lustician's piece in The Athletic uh, this week? I certainly did. Read <laughs> Holy crap. He yeah. torched the fuck. Yeah. And, and again, that seemed like an article... That was entirely based on the five years of unparalleled success. <laughs> like he just took a look, he just took that that statement, which I hey man, everybody is it's out there. Yeah. You say those things, and that's not PD, that's that's Eugene saying that. Yeah. But still, it, the whole article was was basically refuting that statement and how the first of the five years would be this season. Yeah. And he's saying Spending yeah, this to the team- cap, unparalleled success. And we should yeah. say that Dom is doing these pieces on every team. This is the tee up, but he needs a hook, right? He needs a headline. He needs whatever. And so the one that went out on Twitter, and I don't know if it was the headline in the article itself, I can't recall, but was, you know, the team says the rebuild is over. I'm not so sure. And he kind of laced into, he absolutely said, and correctly, there's a bright future here. There's lots of pieces here. Lots of guys that are going to be good. I wouldn't bank on it being this year like a lot of fans are, right? And so when you say that Pierre Dorian, I'm going to hand it back to you, but when you say Pierre Dorian, you know, talk less, give them less, give less things to dunk on, right? Less things to worry when you come out and say the rebuild is over, you are asking for a headline like the one you got this week. Yeah, and, and no, and I agree with you. And and yeah, the, the senators were flambayed in that. <laughs> it was in that, savage in that article, and I was just like, and and I, I think the majority of 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 senators fans reading the article who are athletic subscribers yeah. are like, well. I don't know. You're not talking to you're not talking to me because I don't see this team as a playoff team this year. No, right? but I don't. You don't think most of them. Even I was surprised to go 29th. Really, like that's rough. I I don't see yeah. them as a playoff team either. But behind Detroit, still, yeah, uh, I, I don't, don't see know, them but, behind Detroit. Right. And, but again, the, the the clip in there are the takeaway, the one nugget, like those things when you start to read a bunch. And there's a bunch of stats because Dom is super thorough yep. and and he's analytically driven and so some of the shit goes by me a bit right but the thing that's taken away from there when he goes matt murray (laughs) is not the worst goalie in the nhl and and in brackets but he's close but he is the worst starting goalie and the only goalie who had worse stats than him was is devin dubnik over the last two years and you go that guy is unemployed matt murray makes 6.5 for three more years you're like oh is that a heartburn or am i like i gotta take a knee here you're like oof 
And again, every Senators fan who has any kind of hockey sense understands that improvement up front is one thing. And, and, and what's going to happen with the Zub Shabbat pairing? And is Brandstrom going to play? And and what's the bottom end oh, going to look like? Because he the bottom end of the D, too. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, and it? so he we said should. something about uh, Josh. Uh, Holden? Jo- no. Um, it's oh, not Brown. Josh Brown. <laughs> Just like who doesn't belong in the league or something. It's like, oh, my God. This yeah. is vi- even I who thought I was going to go into this taking glee in every. Fi- there were moments where I'm like, oh my god, like this is so uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> and so and the thing is, when he said, yeah, you know that that a lot of a lot of prognostications have him in at seventy three point five points. I don't see them at seventy three point five points, but I see them if they get to if they get to over eighty points. I am I am ecstatic with this season, right? In terms of a progression, yes. Of this team. And if Matt Murray is nowhere to be seen, then this team may be 29th, right? Like sure. if you get if you get the same shite goaltending yep. he provided in the first half of last season, yep. this team, it doesn't matter how well everybody else plays, because no. you get you get deflating goaltending. Yeah, you're no, no, you're right. That's it just takes the wind out of your sails completely. And so for people who, you know, kind of in and half in half out on the analytics thing but are subscribed to the Dom's shtick is very clear right like he is he does not care about your team he's just a math nerd and I say that in the most loving way possible he yeah. just here you go here's what the numbers say lots of teams underperform the numbers lots of teams overperform the numbers he flat out admits you can't take into uh can like it, it his model his math doesn't take into consideration you know team unity and breakout seasons and stuff like that yeah you can't predict that stuff but yeah when he just laid out here's what the numbers say right now it was a rough ride yeah it it, like i said it was like ooh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm drinking my saturday morning coffee and i'm like i can put the coffee down now i don't need the coffee anymore i'm fired up and not in a good way no because because it it is it is laid bare and it's kind it's kind of that this is where the house sits this is what the numbers say and so you go yeah, like anything else, there's a chance you could beat those numbers. Sure. You can beat the house. Yep. And there's a good chance you won't. Right. Right. And and so yeah, it was it was sort of a yeah, it was a kick in the balls, really. So and you and we'll share the link because I'm happy to. Uh we'll share the link. But when we sit here now, a week after your first uh program, I'm far less uh, I said to you last week, I think whether it's on a short term or a long term, he's in camp on the first day. Now he's not. We've blown past that pressure point and he's standing tough. The team is standing tough. It, to me, feels now, not necessarily that it's likely, but more likely than before that this becomes a long-term thing, right? That he maybe isn't there on the first day. Far more likely than it was just a week ago. Um, Do you think the team... Uh, would dare start opening night without him? I, w- I want to say no. Only Even if that means they'll fold. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, but uh, but again, I would and fold. I, I, I'm telling you, that, okay, this is so and, important. And, I would fold. And you, I'm folding. <laughs> I'm folding. Get that guy in here now. Well, and you and and you referenced Sean Simpson earlier, and uh, and he says he said, yeah, when it gets to these push and shove things. The team never wins. Right. The team never wins. Well, and the further and, it goes, the more you're 
like both sides, uh, for lack of a better term, your feelings get hurt. Now I'm mad. Like, I can't yeah. believe this is happening. This amicable negotiations. I'm not at camp uh, or the team saying, I can't believe you're not here. We're trying to sell tickets now to opening night. I know it's only probably going to be half capacity. I assume Ottawa can fill that. Um, yeah, well, that's a, that's a blessing for Ottawa. <laughs> right. Um, but now I'm upset, right? It, it, the further it goes, the more feelings get hurt, the more emotional you get about it, the more pissed you get at each other instead of this kind of, you know, I'm sure we'll figure it out. Well, now I'm like, fuck you. I've given you my best offer. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100% that that's, that's how it goes. And and you, you took something that was, that was fresh and good. And there's a, there's a clip that Brady was on a, a St. Louis podcast earlier in the summer where he's like, yeah, I can't wait to get into the negotiations, right? Like mm-hmm. I watched Matthew do it and, and I'm really looking forward to it. And, and you know what, that is a 21, yeah. 22 year old guy, whatever he is, who's saying, man, I am going to get blank amount of millions per year moving forward. I can't wait for that moment to happen. Yeah. Right. But it's, it's like, it's like anything, right? It's it's when you go to arbitration or something, and it's the team is saying, "Yeah, but you're not worth that." Right? We love you, but you're not worth that. Yeah, and you're like, "Fuck much. you, man!" I I and I love being there. And and again, to me, I always bring it back to of all the guys we've lost, it's the Mark Stone thing because Mark Stone was drafted here mm-hmm. in with a late round pick. This is the only franchise he's ever known, and it, it's a franchise with challenges. Right. Yep. Ownership, market size, Canada. You know, blah blah blah. Sure. And, and and so when you bring guys in, and this is the only franchise they know, and they've put down roots here, mm-hmm. and they've they've grown in this, they don't know anything else. And it's better for Ottawa Senator fans <laughs> that the, they don't know anything else, right? Because as soon as you get close to unrestricted, and you're like, all right, fuck it, man, I can go to Vegas, I can go to California. I can go to a big market. Whoa, what do you mean there's no taxes over there? <laughs> this is it, right? And so it's it's you got to take care of your own business. And yeah, the deal is everybody knows. We talk about it now. Nobody wants to go to Edmonton. Nobody wants to go to Winnipeg. Yeah. Nobody wants to go to Ottawa. Like these are realities when you can say they're not, they're not A destinations. Right. They may not even be B destinations. Right, you have to overpay. So if you're going to take that approach with free agents, why don't you take yes. that approach with your own talent that you know and likely overvalue to begin with? Well, and I think for me, like my final thought on this, and and I'll let you wrap it up. But if I'm Ottawa, and because your point is so correct, you're going to have to pay for free agents a to come to Canada, to Ontario, to to what, and to so far an unsuccessful franchise right now. Um, show me that. You like don't give any more bad press. If you already know you have to overpay a UFA, just pay your guy now, right? Show like paint the picture that I know everyone thinks Eugene is cheap, but this is done. We just as soon as it was open, we signed him, and yeah, let the fans and let us because we already talked a hundred times about what a tough number it was going to be to put on this guy based on the type of game yeah. he plays. But just do it. Just get it done and go. Wow. Like they're committed to that guy. They're committed to locking. And here we are again with media and teams and fans, whatever, across the league on, man, Ottawa can't even get their guy who wants to be there locked up yeah. long. Like just enough with the bad right. Vo- juju, right? Like enough. Yeah. This is, and this is not Eric Carlson who, 
man, you couldn't be gladder that you didn't spend the eleven million sure. a year on no. him. This isn't Matt Duchesne, who the wheels have gone square in Nashville. Right. This isn't Kyle Turris, who got bought out of Nashville, benched in in Edmonton. Like these aren't guys who you're like, yeah, we want to sign these guys, but right. we don't agree the value was right. This is a 22 year old unicorn power forward, yep. and you have him, and he's here. Yep, you're and getting his prime there. years. Yep. Like this is not guys in their late 20s who who you like and who are good community guys and whatever else. This is a young guy who's who's seven eight best years are still in front of him. Get that shit done. It's just the max you can sign him for anyway. Like just yeah. And then at the, hey, thirty years old, you want to go and sign a big fat contract elsewhere? It's probably for the best. <laughs> See you later, man. Thanks for the good times. We'll hopefully hang your number in the rafters. Sure. I, I just to me, yeah, I think this is a. Um, it it just looks like you botched it again, and I think it would look less like that if you would come back to me and said. Yeah, we gave him eight times 9.5. I'd go, Jesus. That's, I know, yeah. I know. But I think I would handle that better than another one of these where it just looks like you can't get shit done, right? Like you just, because I don't think even despite Eugene's promises to spend to the capital, I just don't ever see Ottawa as a top cap, like maxed right out team. So I think you can absorb if you're 750 grand too high or a million too high, right? As long as you do, and I've said this about the Leafs over the years, if you miss a little bit high on your top guys, it's way better than missing too high on Martin Marinson or, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like, you can Zach miss, or your- yeah, you can miss up high. It, you shouldn't, you want, you don't want to, but it's at least you go, whatever, I got the guy, right? I got the player. I would to me, these guys would look way better right now if they had come into camp and fans are going, I think that's high, but he's here, right? And he's here for eight years and it's done and you just move on. I, I think that would be better than this hanging over everything again. Right, because you, what you're looking at now is if you want to project it out, you're hoping that Norris and Sanderson, and we're talking with the next three, four years, yeah, right? Yeah. You're hoping those guys, Stutzla, those three guys right there, you're hoping will be big ticket guys that that you need to sign. And then there's your core, right? Whether yep. it's Batherson, Kachuk, Shabbat, Sanderson, Norris. You know, in in that you've already got your goalie for better or worse. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen there? The rest of the pieces down the line, your Formantons, your Pauls, whatever. Those are the guys you go. Okay, man. Sorry, love you. But I can't put I can't put you in that creamy three, four, going, five yeah. million, right? Yep. We can fill you in with, you know, Ridley Greggs or whatever Smart the drafting, deal is, right? Yeah. Yep. Young guys, energy guys who come in, your Angus Crookshanks that everybody's talking about. Um, so but these sorts of things. So you gotta you, you find your core of six or seven guys, and that's it. And you pay money to those guys. Yep. Everybody uh, else is expendable. And then you go, sorry, man, I liked you a lot. Yep. Uh, your boy, downtown Connor Brown. That's right. He, he's a great piece, probably outside your core if you want to win. Yep. And so gone, sorry, right? So these sorts of things, you you got you have the room for those guys. The rest are gone and expendable. Uh, speaking of expendable, apparently, and we'll, we won't spend a ton of time here, but the, the Senators do finally make a move on Logan Brown. Um and he gets traded with a fourth round pick to St. Louis for Zach Sanford. Uh, Conditional 
fourth round pick. Oh, sorry, I don't want to mischaracterize the fourth round pick in the big <laughs> Zach Sanford deal. But look, Logan Brown, it, it wasn't working here. He may yet turn out to be a bust. He may yet turn out to be a player, but it wasn't working here. They'd sort of lost faith in him a little bit, and and he had been injured a lot. Like It just wasn't going to pan out, and a lot of people seem to think the best possible path um, was for him to move along. I don't know that a lot of people thought there was a ton of value there in terms of a trade. Zach Sanford is a perfectly serviceable bottom six forward, probably a third line guy, very responsible defensively and and can contribute offensively, but that's not really his thing. Uh, worth mentioning that he has worked before with Troy Mann, who, who knows the player, and so I'm sure that went into it a bit. Uh, you know, just sort of quick roundabout thought on the on the trade there. Yeah, I, he was a 20-point guy last year, six or seven goals, I think, right? Uh, I, big body, mm-hmm. can skate, right? And, and I, I agree with you. You know, he is – you've transferred um, a, a player who seemingly was never going to play for you, right? right? And, and this is in, into a guy who's making two million bucks a year. And it's funny because St. Louis is like, woo, now gives us <laughs> 750 grand in cap space. So – it's funny how this is how the league is going. And, and I think at different times in that Sanford can skate up and down your lineup. He's not a mainstay in your, in your top two lines. No. But in terms of he, he's shown an ability to, to work with high-end players, but best fits back low. And so I'm quite happy with it. Um, is it underwhelming a bit in terms of that was a, a first-round pick that you traded a second-round pick to move up one spot to get? Right. For the Logan Brown pick. Um, and I remember saying, because that's the Austin Matthews draft, right? And and I'm saying, yeah, see, now Ottawa's got their big center. He's a big body. And, you know, this these two are going to go head that's to head. That's the guy that's going to match up with him. And- Dude's got like seven points in 23 games over the last five, six years, whatever it is. Yep. He's 23. And so, yeah, I think he is... It's a it's a sad thing, but at the end of the day, you're so far removed from that first round pick. Yes, that anything you can get at yeah, this at point, some point, yeah, it's recover. Do you? I I don't think anybody expects he's going to show up and suddenly set the world on fire in in St. Louis. But would it shock you if if just the change of scenery, a little bit of time with a different coaching staff, like maybe he can become kind of a third line sort of contributor? Or do you think he, he's just not going to be that guy? I see. To me. And most Senators fans, you still look at the package yeah. of the big body. He's got great hands. He doesn't have the best skating. He's not the, he's not the most agile in you know starts and stops and short spaces. But this is a guy who has all the tools to help you on the power play. Like elite vision, can't stay healthy. Yep. So if he can at at he's only twenty three, man. So. To me, that's a guy who's going to go and he's going to play on your top two lines. He's going to he's going to he's going to find it. Mm-hmm. It's going to click for him, and he's going to play in your top two lines and 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 be a legit player, or he's not going to play in the league. I don't see this guy playing in your bottom six. Okay, and so he is going home to St. Louis. I was going to ask. I thought he was one of the that that kind of yep. boom of St. Louis, Chickering and all those guys. Yep. Um, why don't we move on? Talk a little baseball, man. Uh, I want to mention this is fascinating to me. We've talked about it a few times and suddenly it's got a little steam again out of nowhere. And, and again, we'll share the article. This is from the, uh, I believe it was from the Tampa Bay times, 
Tampa Times, something. It doesn't matter. You'll see it. Um, going into the off season, no, the post season, Tampa Bay has locked up the uh, the AL East. They're going to finish first. They'll await the uh, the loser or the winner of the wild card game. And when that postseason starts, they're going to have kind of this logo, this sign on the outfield wall of their stadium promoting this Tampa Bay-Montreal partnership. And we've talked about this before, this crazy-ass idea that you and I both deemed it as, uh, that two cities could share a team. And Tampa Bay was going to have the team till kind of mid-June, when it gets just ungodly hot, uh, and then they would move north to Montreal. Um, this article states that this plan is still contingent on both cities building new outdoor ballparks. I haven't seen either city commit to that, and Tampa, quite frankly, repeatedly has said no to this spot, no to funding that, no to whatever. That's half the reason we've gotten here. But we've talked about this a few times, man, and all of a sudden the ownership group isn't just talking about it. It's not just in print in newspapers. They're going to put a logo on the wall of their stadium that's going to be on camera advertising this plan starting in a few years to split the season. Do you yet believe that this is any more real than you did before you saw the article? Well, first things first is they have an agreement they're, they have a signed lease at the TROP yeah. till 2027. Right. So there is still time for... One or the other. Or you know, or both. Yeah. To um, to build, an, and it said outdoor stadium, and I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Yep. Uh, whereas both could use a retractable roof yep. or something, right? Like both of them could use... Yeah, Tampa could use some air conditioning, and Montreal could for sure use some a heater, maybe. Yeah, well, something roof. to keep... Yes, and, and again... I, I, I approach this every time, and as I did today, I approach the article with the idea that Tampa is using Montreal yes. as, as a, hey, man. Hey, we'll go. We'll go. Yeah, and you want to put it up when the playoffs start. Honest, like, the only time we, anyone watches Tampa Bay baseball. In Tampa or otherwise, and yeah. that's what they said, right? When the eyes of baseball are on us. You're like, you're going to put up a sign that says Tampa, Montreal. Right Rays, there in the or- building where your only fans are going to be looking. Oh, I forgot you're leaving. <laughs> yeah. And so it's to me, it's, it's one of those things where um, there's no way Montreal is building an outdoor stadium. Nope. Un- unless they're Not for getting half a team. A team. Yep. And so if the idea here is like, I don't want to be Montreal left at the altar. Like I, I really don't want to. No, you're gonna be look. You're gonna look like an asshole. Like right. Like you have to have some kind of agreement with Major League Baseball saying, "Hey, man, we're willing to help you with this situation." If it falls through, you're expanding the next year. Or we're getting them. Or we're like that's what I'm saying. Like here, if if Tampa does pony up and do this, you're expanding. Like you'll give us something for this if we don't get this. Because Not building the, I, brick one of a ballpark without a guarantee of a team. Right. And, and so everything you read about it, like makes it, it's, it's the Rays ownership trying to leverage this move yep. at, at a time when the team is very good. Yep. And, and there are eyeballs on it saying, Hey man, we need a new stadium. We want to be viable in this market, but if we don't. Right. Hey man, 
we're doing this. And the idea that if it's a playoff team, they're going to rotate it from yeah. year to year from what, like, hey, Tampa gets the playoffs this year and Montreal gets it next year. You're like, it blew me, man. Like, I, I get it. Tampa, do you want to show up and 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 watch a team that's going to be gone in June? That's what I'm – yeah, we've talked about that. Like, and the, then going, the, I'm going to tune into every game Montreal, in Montreal. Montreal Rays game, yeah. No, I – and I'm the same way if I'm Montreal. Like, it's better. Right. I think Montreal is the better one, but it, I'm, it's still clearly the Rays. Like, this is someone else's team hanging out in, unless they're going to change uniforms um, and be the Montreal Expos for half a year. Good luck selling players on this, too. Free agents that half the year you live here in the most lowly taxed state in the league, and yeah. then you're going to move to the most highly taxed um, yeah. jurisdiction in the league. That's going to be a mess. Man, I, I just... I'm with you, I, but I am surprised. Like To me, this does seem to be just ratcheting it up, and they did say there was a report in one of the Montreal papers saying there will be an announcement in Montreal, which is the first time anyone has sort of done that, right? We've seen the Montreal as the place. We've sort of seen some kind of minor uh, municipal officials comment on it, and this and that. This is the first time anyone has said, come November, there will be an announcement in Montreal about making this happen. So that feels slightly more real. But yeah, this idea that as a fan, I'm going to watch the early days in Tampa. You're going to leave the pennant race if we're in one. The playoff race if we're in one is going to be somewhere else. And 50% of the time, if we make the playoffs, which in baseball can be very rare at the best of times, is also going to happen somewhere else. I still think you're right, man. I think this this is Tampa ratcheting up the pressure but I think this is it. This is the max, right? We're putting it on TV. We're putting it on camera. We're showing it during the playoffs. This is the last step they can take to put the press. I don't know where you go from here, right? I, unless you show up in Montreal with a shovel yourself and start <laughs> digging for the park. I, I don't know, man. Yeah. Can, but can you think of a can you think of a more fickle market than Montreal outside of hockey? Yeah. Like the CFL team, they don't even have an ownership group. Maybe they do now, but it's come and it's gone. Baseball yes. ebbs and flows in that city. And if you're not the Habs, if you are not the Canadians in that city, that is a fickle market. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not sure that even with right now a decent raise organization that they're going to say, yeah, we're going to support half a season of a team that's not ours. Like, When you keep pointing to that 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 series, the beginning of every Blue Jays. Yeah, they, there's there's some baseball fans in Montreal that will show up for two nights a year because you're going to honor whoever, right? Yeah. You can sell it for two nights a year. It's totally different. I don't even know what's better, to sell it for 80 nights a year for home games or 40 for half of someone else. Are they going to be standing there in Tampa Bay Rays uniforms? Because fuck that. I don't care about that. That's not my team. That's somebody hanging out here. Are you going to put a Fleur de Lis on it? Then, then talk to me. But yeah, to me, this is this smacks of. It's just it's a power move. This is the same game they've been playing, and with the volume now turned. To me, this is the max. I don't know. This is the last push for it, right? And 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 the fact that they they mentioned, I think I believe her name is Jane Curtis, the mayor of of Tampa, who's who's on board with it. And you're like, that's that crazy ass woman who was. who was shouting at the clouds during the, <laughs> during the cup, you know, yes, 
final that you know like oh we'll let those montreal people have their you know oh yeah let win. them win that one yeah. so you come and, home and, you're like, right. and everybody looked at that woman and went you're dumb yep and now we're gonna cite her as a as a useful Incredible source sports, uh... yeah so you know what good for you whoever's writing that article but if i'm your editor i'm saying do better man <laughs> uh speaking of needing to do better uh the blue jays didn't have a great run in Tampa. It's a tough place there. Uh, they lost two or three. It's always been a house of horrors, but um, didn't go great. They lost the first two to Minnesota, and you could see the bandwagon emptying in a hurry. Uh, and in some cases, you know, understandably so. But they win on Saturday. Uh, I don't know if you've got it there in front of you. When we started recording, it was 4-2 to two Blue Jays in the 7th. 5-2 um, Blue Jays, bottom of the ninth. Okay, so it looks like, now we don't know yet, uh, tonight, Sunday night, as we sit here and record, Boston is going to play New York again. Someone's going to win, someone's going to lose. So the Blue Jays will be assuming their score holds no worse than one game back of the second wild card. Um, It'll be New York or it'll be Boston. I don't know about you, man. I think... What you want to see happen there is Boston wins it because you have New York coming in and then you still hold your destiny in your hands, right? You start a three-game set against the Yankees, back by one. If you win that series, uh, even just two to one, uh, you're tied. And then New York's going to Tampa, you're playing Baltimore, and the cards will fall where they may. What do you make of this whole thing right now? Yeah, to me, it's it's absolutely at seven o'clock tonight. You are a go Red Sox. Yeah, because because the Red Sox have, I believe, they got three with the Orioles. Then they finish with three against the Nationals. Yeah, who are no, they have the, the easy schedule. For the sure. NL shitbirds. You have the Yankees head to head. You take two out of three from the Yankees, and even if you take two out of three from the Orioles, I think you're I think you're good. Right? Yeah, that it, would leave you at ninety one wins which is probably enough. A lot of the people kind of coming into these last two weeks said 92 would almost lock you in. 92 is going to require you to sweep one of these last two series, which you could do, but Baltimore could just as easily bite you on the ass because they're playing free and easy. And, you know, sometimes that shit happens, right? It's, this is, but I, I'm with, I, I'm with you. As I said, I think you want New York because at least then your destiny is in your own hands. And if you lose to New York two or three or get swept, that's what happens, man. You had your shot and you didn't get it done, right? Well, and ultimately, this is this is what you're looking at here. At, at this point, anything short of making the playoffs would feel like a, a like a failure, hmm. right? Yeah. But but the reality is, man, you are in it playing meaningful baseball right to the end of September. Yeah, I said that on on Twitter on Friday when they were getting beat up. Uh, you know, if you had told me in April this is going to come down to the final week and then you fell away, I'd say that's a successful season. But as we sit here right now and go, you're going to fucking drop your transmission in Minnesota? Fuck that, right? Like, we're not doing that. You better get this done. Well, and if you remember, and maybe you won't, and and is way back at the beginning of the season when the Twins were god-awful, yeah, right? And I was saying on this pod, I want to get some of that sweet action <laughs> Before they write the ship, yeah, right? And so, yeah, if you look at even the players they've added back since that s- series last weekend in Toronto, right? Simmons comes back, 
Gardner comes back, mm-hmm. right? They they have pieces coming back. They've got the best bullpen since the All Star game in the AL. Right. Like this is this is a team that was, I believe, a playoff team last year. Yep. It was a team that scuffled in the first half big time. They have huge power, right? Like they this is a team that can that can do it on speed. It's, you've been watching Buxton tear you apart for like, is he, is he like, I've never heard of this guy okay, before yeah. the last two series. And I'm like, is this like Ricky Henderson? Honestly, 2.0? Man. Dude's hitting triples. <laughs> Dude's hitting home runs. He's stealing bases. He's on the book. Like he's on his OPS must be off the charts against the Jays. Yeah. And I'm like, well, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> but yeah, I, to me, it is, it is they're going to win today. I think Romano struck out two of the three now on Friday, or that last game, whatever that was, when you went, mm. yep. struck out the first two and then loaded the bases on yes. walks, and you're like, oh, what's <laughs> happening here, man? I am super uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, like this is this is right where you want to be. You're going to be a game back of somebody, and and I'm hoping it's, not it's the Yankees. Right where I want to be. A week ago, I was a game up on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But you do no. still. And, you're, I'm with you. You do still control your own destiny here. And this was, and and we talked about it, or at least I thought about it. <laughs> um, like I don't know. Sometime last week, before the before the Rays series late last week, they had won 18 of 22. Yep. That is a torrid stretch. Oh of yeah, baseball. unsustainable. And so at that point, they had pushed themselves. Right in, and it and it lasted longer than like past that Yankees sweep, right? Where you're like, okay, Toronto is still chugging along, still taking down series after series wins, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, but at that point, post sweep of the Yankees, Yankees got their shit together, and the Red Sox just keep winning, and you're Honestly. like, you you would hope that even past that initial, you know, 10, 11 games where they jumped right back up and they and they caught the Yankees. And you're like, okay, we're doing it, and we're still hot. But then those other two teams caught fire, and yeah. you weren't able to, to sort of. Well, now you've lost a series, gr- and you've split here with Minnesota. Like the wheels haven't come off, but it's just it's unsustainable, right? You just to stay that hot, and you know what's happened this week. New York is and Boston like has just been handing it to New York. Like I went into that series thinking I want Boston to just sweep the Yankees, whatever. I'll deal with Boston when I have to. Whatever. Yeah. But let me like keep New York right here within arm's reach. And, and then the Boston bullpen, especially on Saturday, just starts vomiting all over the mound as they give it up to, to, well, they load the bases then Stanton comes up and crushes one. I got to listen to Michael K. What a shot. See ya. Shut up, loser. Like I, it, it, they just, it, nothing, everything that seemed easy for the last five weeks, this week stopped being easy. Right. And that's the way it goes when, and you wish it could have lasted just like one more week, but here we are. Well, and it's it's one of those things that I talked to you before it. I I look at I look at George Springer and and how his season yeah. and, and how he hit his seasons and the ups and downs sort of fits in with the Jays, right? And, and you look at you know early in the season when they were scuffling 500 sort of a team and he's not in the lineup. Mm-hmm. He comes back in and in July and and into and and he's he's scorching hot yep. like he is tearing the cover off the ball. The team surges 
right? And then he's hurt again. Yep. Takes the wind fly- out of your sails a little. And, and and if you look at the last three games or the last set of games, anyways, including the Tampa one, he's like over 13. Yep. The team is scuffling. And I'm not saying he's carrying the team, but he seems to be this sort of bellwether. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I looked at the game on Saturday night. Which was a tight game. It was tight. Well, that's the one he homered in, isn't it? He hits that home. Well, he hit yeah. homers Saturday and Sunday, right? And, and they're going to win both those games. And and you look at it, and, and I'm point. wondering, yeah, it, it, you go, is and you could see when he scores when he hits that scores when he scores that home run. <laughs> you know, did he make a touchdown today? <laughs> uh, when he when he hits that homer and he's in, he's got the Barrio jacket on, and and he's he's cock of the walk up and down the dugout and everybody else is high-fiving and it's like then the game sort of rolled from there he hits another homer on sunday and i just wonder if 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 they're relying too much on him yeah or if he is just you know you got the good time vladdy and 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 tay oscar with their ever-present smiles and 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 the steady eddie's you know uh uh, Marcus Simeon. Simeon. I was going to call him Seaman, but I was like, no, nah, it's not right. Uh, yeah, that that just the season he's had and 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 all those things. But man, you are you are left with as George Springer goes, so go the Blue Jays, and that's anecdotal, like one hundred percent anecdotal on my spot. But I'm wondering if you see he's back in the outfield, and I, I think that's a huge thing. Oh, for sure, because it frees you up to do a lot of other things. But like the, the some of the reporters have been talking about, like the Jays are going to go as far. Like there was a time, as you referenced, like he wasn't hitting well. It does seem like maybe he's coming back around. You're running out of runway here, quick. But they weren't going to move him, even while he was DHing, even while he had the knee brace on. They weren't going to move him out of that leadoff spot, and it wasn't going well. And maybe he should have been dropped down to fifth or sixth, and. Um, you know, let Simeon lead off again or let Bo lead off. Like just something to start the game off a little bit better because we'll see. Like he does seem to be back on track. One of the disappointing things about this is like a lot of free agent contracts, you know the back part of it is going to suck. You're paying for those first few years. And when one of the first few years is riddled with injury and becomes kind of a write-off, it's a problem, right? I, I still, I don't fault the team for signing that deal. You can't predict the future. I still think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be productive for a while, but you don't like to see, you know, that very first year just kind of written right off. Did you see, sorry, did you have something else on Springer? No, I, I, yeah, I just wanted to say, because to me, it, his season is is totally, whether it's a success or a failure, to me, is going to be decided in the next six games. Yeah. And into a wild card and a potential ALDS. Right. Like to me, this is where his season gets. Is that a success or is it a failure? Like if this team falls short and doesn't make it or loses in a wild card game, the George Springer year one to me is a, is an absolute failure. Oh man, that's harsh, right? Because we didn't I, okay. sit here in April and say this is a shoe in playoff team. Like no, I, no, no, we did not. But when you look at the games missed and yep. the inability to stay healthy, and then yep. Like he's hitting sub 250 right now. Yes. And so you do not sign a guy for a gazillion dollars <sighs> no. to hit sub 250 and play in 80 games. Uh, we talked a week or two ago about who was more likely 
to stay beyond this series, uh, this season, Robbie Bray or Marcus Simeon. And I don't know if you caught this, but on Saturday night, one of oh, the, yes, I did. yeah. Uh, one of the questions he was asked is, you know, because he had tied the all time record for second baseman home runs in a season at held, 40, held by Davey Johnson at uh, 43, I believe it was. Yes. Um, and, you know, he asked about his position, how he, he goes, I still see myself as a shortstop. Yeah. And, you know, the Blue Jays still see Bo as their long-term shortstop. So you said when we talked about this, you thought he was less likely to stay, his, his, the money he was going to make, the pull to get back to California, uh, these sorts of things. That comment would seem to lend quite a bit of credence that yeah. I can't see myself as a long-term Blue Jay and a shortstop at the same time, I wouldn't think. Yeah, no. And, and, and the thing was, if you recall back to last offseason where he was looking to sign and, he, and, and negotiations with the Jays were, hey, man, I want to play shortstop. And they're like, no, we got Bo. Yeah. We want to run him out there day to day and see where he's at at the end of the season. Um, but we have the second base spot for you. What, sure. do, what, do, you think of, what do you think of that? And Simeon's like, no, yep. n- not for me. And then he comes back and he's like, I'm looking at that lineup and I'm looking at the possibilities there. Rebuild myself pretty nice here. Right. I, I could probably put in a pretty good season there. I'm willing to take a look at that second base thing, right? I think in hindsight now, when you look at that and go, yeah, this is this is a season where he said clearly, I'm going to put myself in the middle of a of a young and 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 aggressive, powerfully, you know, uh, you know, young lineup that I I can do some damage here. I don't yeah. know if he I don't know if he envisioned himself as 43 home runs, 40, 43 home runs, and he's and he surely I would be very surprised if he doesn't become the all time single season second baseman, yeah. yes, home run leader. Uh, in the next six games, because yeah, the Jays won five two and he didn't homer, so it is still at forty three. Um, but yeah, you, you are. He's gone. He's gone. And 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 the one thing is, before he leaves, um, I'm tired of hearing about what a great, what a great discount and 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 whatnot. You're like, dude, signed for one year, eighteen million dollars. <laughs> like, if he had other options for someone to sign Yeah, but to for, be the best second baseman in the American League, it's, yeah, it yeah. it's kind of a discount. <laughs> uh, I, I, but what I'm saying is, it's it's like, yeah, he took less money and he came here. He took less money. He did not take less money. The A's, which is where he came from, yeah. were going to give him a shite deal. Yeah, like, like nine or something. Yeah. yeah, and then one million deferred for the next yes. 50 years exactly. or something. I don't know what it was, right? Mario Lemieux phoned in and said, yeah. don't take that deal. You'll be in ownership in 10 yeah, exactly. years. Exactly. So it's, it's, he, it's not like at 18 million, there's fucking red tag sales for that guy because... Well, don't you think this is, to me, like... And it is what it is. You're going to make it or you're not. But you've come this far this year with a lot of guys having career years, including Tay Oscar and Bo and Vlad and some Stephen Matz and some of these. You got this far with a lot of people having career years, and now you have the best second baseman in the American League and the Cy, likely Cy Young winner, unrestricted free agents. Both could leave. Like, it's that like to me that's why it's so crucial you got to find a way to get in here and 
I don't know that you have to win the whole thing, but you got to get in because to repeat this next year, not just asking everyone to have a career year again, but also potentially with one or both of those pieces missing, man, you got to find a way to make this happen because next year they're not going to like fall off a cliff or anything, but they're, it, it's going to be hard to do this again. Yeah. I, I think the one, the one thing I would, I would put to that is, is you are looking at, at a, at a pitching staff where I'd like to see them sign Ray Simeon's gone. Right. We talked about that. That was my feeling. Yep. Right. We'll see where Pearson is. We'll Oof. see where Hatch is. You have Barrios, you have Manoa. Like to me, you're gonna have for you. Yeah, all right. All right. Whatever that means. We'll see exactly. We'll see where that is. Exactly. And I I've just sort of put that out there as a (laughs) um but if you take if if Vladdy comes down five percent, ten percent, like what what are we looking at here? If he comes down a bit, Bo comes down a bit, Teoscar comes down a bit. Uh, those are still great numbers mm-hmm. on all th- on all three of those guys. Springer is going to have better numbers, you hope. Yeah, right. We'll see where uh, an ever improving Lourdes Gurriel is. Like to me, there there is still this is going to be a team that's going to hit. Right. And so I, I understand what you're saying. Um, that Rays team that they're going to have to play hopefully in a, in a, in an ALDS. Um, if you, if you're able to beat in a one game series, either the Yankees or the or the Red Sox, um, I think the future is still bright. Oh, it is. And, and I I think this is still a team that's that's going to compete. Yeah. So I, I understand what you're saying, but to me, having to go down to the trop, this is a tough a tough season. If they can get back into into an ALDS, man, this season will have been an overwhelming success, in my opinion. Uh, anything else you wanted to get to on this one, man? Just, just briefly, Matt. I wanted to touch on the uh, the uh, Rolling Stone article you sent over about about anti vaxxers and 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 what's happening in the NBA. And and it's, so it's we should set the table there, and we'll share the article all the place we do. The NBA, I guess, like the article sounds as you start it a little bit more alarming than maybe it needs to be. Uh, the NBA is sitting, or they expect to start the season at about 90% um, vaccinated. But a lot of guys and a lot of big name guys that still are not fully vaccinated. And the NBA, and I don't know, we're hearing less and less about this, maybe because it's not going to be as big of a deal for the NHL, but you're hearing less about it in the NHL. There are cities and there are states that are mandating for you to come to work, you got to be at least, uh, I guess the article says a couple times, at least have had one shot. Yeah, which is odd, yeah? It is weird, yeah. So we're talking about New York City, for one, which has uh, the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks, obviously, and uh, San Francisco has the Golden State Warriors. And so a big part of this article focuses on Kyrie. And he's a big wig, I think, would they say vice president uh, on the uh, the NBA PA? Yeah. And a bunch of the negotiations that have been going on about, you know, can you mandate people being vaccinated? And the PA is saying that's a no-go. Um, you know, the, the black community, we should be real here, has legit reasons or, or to be more concerned than some of us. They, they've had a rough go with, uh, with forced vaccinations and stuff. And 
Um, there is a part of the argument that is legit. There is a part that, you know, you're seeing Kyrie follow some crazy anti-vaxxers and, and commenting on their shit on like Instagram and stuff. So you can tell he's being sucked down a crazy hole. And, and so the article sort of talks about what does this mean and what do we do and can you force uh, a deal even with the NBA that says, you know, uh, maybe I still get this much of my pay even if I can't play my home building. Kyrie plays for the Brooklyn Nets. He's not going to be allowed to play in New York City. That's 41 games. Talking about sitting out home games. Honestly. Uh, <laughs> half the season, man. Plus the games you're going to play against the Knicks. Plus how yeah. you're going to go at least once to Golden State. I, I don't know what the rest of the league... Lo- what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and and so it's, it's so interesting because the NHL is saying they expect somewhere between 17 to 20% of their um, 17 to 20 people. Yes. Right. Like 1.5 to 2%. And I've heard that numbers come down over the last week. Enough guys going, well, yeah, fine. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, and again, guys like Duncan Keith and, and William Nylander who are saying, yeah, we're going to do it. Or I'm, I'm like in Keith's case, I've taken my first shot. And yeah. I think Nylander is saying, I'm going to do it. And you're like, well, what the fuck, man? Where have you been? Well, it sounds like Willie took his first one with the whole team. Remember, just as the playoffs were starting, um, came time. So he did it. And then he went back to Sweden and where they're being a little less yeah, yeah. vigilant about it. And then there was some sort of medical thing with allergies. And I guess my understanding is Willie has now had the second, but he's not actually considered fully vaxxed until that okay. two weeks has passed. Two weeks. Right? Okay, so, yeah. And I just saw that he showed up with the mask on. Willie seems very much like the that guy we all knew in high school or were in high school that was just like, oh shit, yeah, and saved his book report till the last night. Like, Willie to me, or Duncan Keith, really, they don't seem like hardcore anti-vaxxers as much as like, oh fuck, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again, it's one of those things where you're like, what are you doing? Oh, I what said that about Willie, like, why you, man? Like, you know yeah. the fan base of wants all the guys, man. You Everyone, the you're the most divisive guy. Just do it. Like, yeah. But again, and 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 so to me, it was Duncan Keith was the first one. You're like, what is happening, man? Like, yeah. it, we're 18 months into the pandemic. We've had the vaccine since like January. Yeah. We are now nine months in. To vaccines. And so when I read the article, Matt, and, and you're right, it is, it was far more alarmist right at the top. Yep. When it talked about, you know, anti-vaxxers and, and vaccine deniers. And, Anti-vaxxers running the league, basically. And yeah, like, and you're like, okay, what's happening here, man? And so I'm I'm reading it through and I'm like, oh f- fuck you, Rolling Stone. Like <laughs> your writing style is like it's inflammatory. But anyways. I went and I searched out a bunch of things. Like I did Google searches like. I'm sorry. Why? You did your own research. Yeah, but no, I just looked at like, <laughs> why, would I, why would I not get a vaccine? Right. right? Like these sorts of things. Right. And, and what comes up and. Because I'm interested at this moment. I'm really just interested in what you can tell me. That is a legit reason why you are not getting vaccinated. Yeah. Like what do you what are you hearing? You know, they, they cut corners on testing or on on any kind of protocol, or it's gonna I'm gonna grow a fucking tail if I take it. Cool, or, then we'll all grow tails and we'll move on without COVID. Like what? And I'm just <laughs> I, I just want to know, man. And and it's it's I look at I look at the province of Saskatchewan where the other day I wouldn't 
100% of people admitted to hospital and hospital ICUs, non-vaccinated people. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't know where you point to and say, that's why I, if you're a lazy fuck and you just haven't done it, Hey man, get your shit together and do it. If you have some other reason, I want to know at captain blowhard on Twitter Hit me up, man. I want to know a legit reason why you are not vaccinated. Because I'm curious. I'm really curious. And I know people. You know people. I'm related oh, to I, people. I know. Yeah, yeah. They're doing their own research, man. I haven't yet been invited in. I assume it's not just a smoky pot den with a f- crazy-ass Facebook feed on front of it. I assume there's beakers and microscopes and shit that that I haven't yet been allowed to see. But people are doing their own research, Matt, and uh, and it's 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 not and so good. To me, at the end of the day, I I'm not sure what is happening. Like, just let me know, man. If if I've missed the boat, and and I need to get myself a tinfoil hat, you let me know, man. I I am interested. And and the idea is, and we've talked about it before, and it feels like we're banging the drum. I know. And, and and but I I I just I want to know, man. I, I'm interested in, you know, maybe between now and the next election, I can vote for the People's Party of Canada. You can reach out to me. I'm willing to be the voice if you can sway me. Not when, likely when the leader can't even win his own riding. Hilarious well, again. Again. And so, just just a quick in, in finishing. There's a guy who will remain unnamed who I work with, who was born in Portugal, but raised in Angola, which is a former Portuguese colony, came when the, when when Angola went tits up and white people who were not allowed, and you had to flee like on the last chopper out of wherever. Um, he's telling me, he's sitting at the corner of my desk at work saying, he's voting PPC. Oh, dear. And he's like, this is my party. This is my party. And I'm like, well, what about this is your party? And he's talking. And it's fine. If you want to be a fiscal conservative, we can talk about that. Sure. We can talk this about This country's that. paying a mighty price for not having a responsible conservative party right now. We need that. We and don't so, have it. And the PPC isn't it, but. You know, this is it. And, and they're just siphoning off votes off of. Yep. And, and so anyways, I went and I looked at the at the PPC and their platform and and some of it's just mainstream legit. Right? Like you're yeah. you're you're talking about whatever and it's fine. You want to balance the budget in 10 years. How are you going to do it? I want to know how you're going to do that. What are we missing when that happens? But anyways, that's fine. We can talk about that. It comes down to talk about we're going to leave gun control to good gun owners and <laughs> hunters and and that's fine. It's the immigration. There'll be zero refugees allowed into this country, and we're putting a a tight cap on immigrants. And so I said to I said to said fellow that I work with, I said, "Do you realize that if that party was in power, (laughs) you're not getting into this country?" And he's like, "Oh no, (laughs) they're talking about other immigrants." (laughs) I'm born in Portugal, and I'm like. You're born in Portugal, but where did you come from yeah. when you came to this country? You came from Angola. Right. Do you think the number of Angolans on the PPC's platform <laughs> getting into this country is high? <laughs> You're not getting in. No, no, not, not me. 
And so you're like, you're a dumbass. And if you can not be a huge mouth breather, let me know, man. Yeah. Help me out. And this is all I'm saying is, is if you can have a discussion that doesn't end with, oh, that doesn't apply to me. Right. Then we can talk. But if not, you're a dumb fuck. And I got no time for you. Not a single seat for the PPC. No, this is it. But And they thought they were going to swell. Yes. But the percentage was roughly it's the really same. Just been brain swelling and bleeding around the Damage. <laughs> Damage. They call that trauma. They sure do. Uh, we'll wind this one down there. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio, Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Send your political rants to Rob at Captain Blowhard. <laughs> vaccine, uh, man. I want to know about the vaccine. Uh, should also let you know that uh, next, probably going to be Monday. We're going to see other things play out here. Uh, Andrew Stoughton, thebatflip.ca. Uh, he's going to come on the podcast and either help me reflect on the season that was or tee us up for a wild card game. Uh, so the schedule is going to bend a little bit based on, you know, how the Blue Jays do, how the season winds down. But Andrew Stoughton will be here very early next week. Uh, Michaela returns on Thursday morning after a nice week off. Uh, lots coming up, so stick around. We will see you next time on Talk and Audio. See ya! What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCanAudio on your favorite podcast app. 